Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Good afternoon. I'm Scoot. Really glad to be back with you. It is Wednesday, November the 1st. We are halfway to the weekend, so that is uh, great news. Did you go out last night, Halloween night? I did. Anybody hung over? I'm, I'm not. My life's too boring now to get hung over anymore. But I, I really, uh, you know, I just, I... I feel good about that because, you know, the older you get, the harder it is to get over a hangover. And I just, I don't remember remember the last time I had a hangover. And that's that's good uh, because that's just such a painful, awful thing in life. And I often thought about um, if, 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 I, if I were uh, on death row and they asked me what my last meal would be, I might say something like, um, I'd like a, I'd like a, a fifth of, um, of Jägermeister. And I would drink the whole thing. You would feel so badly that you'd be saying, please kill me. I want to die. I am ready to go. Kill me now. Anyway, it's uh, it's great to be back with you. I want to thank Ian Hope for sitting in for the last couple of days while I was in Portland, Portland visiting my family. And uh, my, my granddaughter's birthday is Halloween Day, and her party was last uh, Sunday. So it was really great to be there and, uh, and, and see her. Six years old already. Uh, amazing. Uh, but uh, for those of you who have uh, who have kids and, and grandkids, you know, when you don't live in the same city with them and you get a chance to be with them, it is really, really special. And really adding to it, uh, my son and his family are, are coming to New Orleans um, Saturday night. So uh, we're going to go to the Saints game on, on Sunday. And so it's going to be really nice to see them uh, very quickly, back-to-back trips. So anyway, I want to thank Ian for, for sitting in. Ian has um, had uh, a doctor's appointment that just has really gone on for a long time. Not that there's anything wrong. It's just that he's been, he's been waiting. Ever have that happen? Yeah, it's really frustrating. I remember one time I was talking to Dr. Oz, and I had to tell him, a doctor, you're going to have to wait a minute. And I said, it really, really felt good to tell a doctor that he has to wait a minute. Because we go to the doctor, we do have to wait. So Ian is not with us yet. Coleman is our studio producer until Ian gets here. And Coleman, I want to thank you for the part that you played while I was gone for a few days. No problem, Scoot, anytime. All right, listen, so uh, did you go out last night? I didn't go out. I did go to a bar and have a drink. But uh, yeah. I think I did my trick-or-treating over the weekend. You know, I, I went down to the quarter, and I noticed that it was not as crowded as I thought. The weather might have had something to do with it, but, you know, I figured that, that so many people partied Friday, Saturday, and Sunday over the weekend that maybe uh, Halloween night was one of those nights where, I, you know what, I'm just going to stay in because it wasn't as packed as I thought. And it didn't really feel like Halloween until Halloween Day because the weather was so warm. You're exactly correct. Yeah. But it did kind of uh, induce women to dress a little bit more revealing with their Halloween costumes over the weekend. So that part of the weather I, I'm not complaining about. A lot of sexy cat outfits at yeah. the bar, a lot of sexy nurses. So I'm not complaining about that, but I'm glad the cold weather waited until after the weekend. You know, it's interesting how Halloween is supposed to be a time when we scare each other. When, when you know, it's about, it's about it, traditionally it's about scaring the spirits back into the, the grave or, or, or something like that. And, you know, there's really nothing frightening about a naughty nurse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, is anybody going to argue with this? Is anybody really that scared? 
I'm quite sure there was a time when somebody was frightened by the sexiness of an empowered woman showing off her skin a couple centuries ago, maybe. Yeah, I I guess. Um, But anyway, I saw some, even though it was a little cooler last night, I still saw some um, costumes that were a little on the... Uh, skimpy side. So anyway, I hope you had a great time. Um, I, I, I just mentioned it to Newell, our, our crossover talk, just a moment ago. And he said in his neighborhood he had a lot of uh, trick-or-treaters. And I, I think some neighborhoods still get a lot of trick-or-treaters, but uh, I think in some neighborhoods it's, um, it, it's calmed down a lot and not as many kids go out. And there's all this fear, you know, weird people out Halloween. You know, there have always been weird people out. And I'm sure weird people went out a long time ago on Halloween night. And then remember the fear of the candy? Razor blades and apples, needles in this, poison in candy. Do you know that that, that whole scare, which, you know, I, I mean, I bought into that back in the, in the mid-80s and when I was, uh, you know, on, on the air. I remember talking about you could go to East Jefferson uh, Hospital and get all of your candy x-rayed. I mean, I was, I was promoting this. Do you know that all of that was based on a myth? It's, it's true. There was never a threat of getting poison in your candy. And so even, even a long time ago, people bought into fake news. And, and I, I guess we heard a couple of stories, and uh, the news kind of exaggerated some stories, and p- things were taken out of context. And, and people were really b- believing that th- th- there might be a razor blade in the apple. There might be poison in the candy. And, and people were, were paranoid, but that was all based on a myth, and we're going to talk about that in the, in the 2 o'clock hour. Also, we have a new NOPD chief, Ann Kirkpatrick. She is our, our new NOPD chief, and, man, she has a, a tough job ahead of her uh, in the news, and you've just heard this um, uh, with Chris Miller just a moment ago. You know, more young people shot, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's really sad. And, you know, speaking of uh, sadness... The, the war between Israel and Hamas just seems to, to, to get worse. Um, the bombing of a, a refugee camp, I mean, if that happened that way, and you, know, you have to be skeptical of all the news you get, but it's, it's so tragic, it's, it's so sad, and I don't know how this ends. I mean, there are, you, you've got different sides here that hate each other. I mean, they, 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 didn't, they don't want to negotiate. They don't want the other to even exist. And they totally use their religion to justify killing people. And I've never seen this country as divided as it is now when it comes to Israel and uh, a, a neighboring country or a group or whatever attacking Israel. I, I've never seen so much split in this, in this country. So I find that to be kind of interesting, but it's, um, I guess it's the world that we live in. You know, there's always going to be uh, people who are going to be picking sides. And this is the first time that I remember when there was a conflict in the Middle East with, with Israel. This is the first time I remember on college campuses and um, so many people in this country, on Capitol Hill, so many people in this country who are um, not supporting Israel. And, you know, that's a topic for another show, but I, I think the saddest, the saddest aspect of this is these religions go back thousands and thousands of years, and they essentially, they, they, they claim the same territory. So it's very complicated, um, and they, they want each other dead. They want each other gone. They don't even want the other to exist. 
So I don't know how you negotiate with that. But anyway, it's, it's something that we have to we have to follow and we do have to talk about it. All right. So remember in the presidential campaign, I guess this would have been 2016, maybe when Donald Trump was was running and uh, he, he won the nomination. But it was Mark, Marco Rubio from Florida, the senator from Florida, started to uh, make some comment. He was trying to out Trump Trump and he made some comment about Trump's thing being too small that because he has small hands he must have a small you know and so now there's a case before the supreme court concerning a trump too small trademark trump's package is too small that is like that that's um that's this 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 trademark that's it's being um brought before the supreme court so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that all right, also the, uh, the Bud Light boycott fatigue may be setting in, and I wonder if people are just getting tired of the boycott and they're going to go back to drinking the beer that they want to drink. And I, I think they should because, I don't know, uh, we, we talked about that a lot. I just think that the, uh, the, the turmoil over that was just ridiculous. But yet people are looking for a side to take. They're looking for a reason to take sides. They're looking for a reason to have somebody to dislike, somebody to criticize. Oh, yeah, Bud, Light's, Bud Light is going to reach out to a trans, a, a trans influencer. Oh, my God, I'm drinking Bud Light. I can't drink it anymore. What, because of that? Anyway, I just thought it was ridiculous, but the boycott, in a lot of ways, did work, and people jumped on that bandwagon. So we'll talk about all of this and more. I, look, I'm, the Saints won. The Saints are 4-4. Four and four. The Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. Who would have thought that at this point in the season we could be this optimistic? But we are. And the Saints play the Bears in the Caesar Superdome this coming Sunday. So the Saints are in a, a position to where, I mean, anything can happen. You know, we, we, because of our division and everything, everything that's going on, we can get to the playoffs just as easily as, as anybody else. So we'll talk about that. And then Saturday night is the big showdown between LSU and Alabama. It's in Tuscaloosa. How do you feel about that? I'm Scoot. If you want to join us with a comment about anything we talk about, the Open Heart Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. Area code 504-260-1870. 870. And it is a spectacular, kind of chilly and windy, but it's a great looking Wednesday afternoon. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is time for that very credible moment in our show every week, Wednesday afternoon, when we do uh, Scoot on the Air, Money Trends with Metairie Bank. And uh, John LeBlanc, Metairie Bank CEO, joins us on the show. John, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Scoot. How are you today? Good. Did you give out a lot of candy last night? 
I'll be honest with you. It was the most kids I have ever seen on my street in my life. It was really? phenomenal. And Neil Norman was, was talking about how many kids he saw in his neighborhood. Um, yeah, I live in an apartment building, so I'm not going to, to, to see that. But I, that's good to hear because, you know, it seems like in recent years, a lot of kids haven't been going out. And um, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that neighborhoods are crowded and, and kids are doing that because it's, it's a fun thing to do. Oh, it was it was so much fun. My wife and I enjoyed it, and uh, it was amazing to see that many young kids uh, out and about. So it was a lot of fun. That's good, uh, John. Recently, there was an article in the City Business about ways to recover from financial shock and uh, then be prepared uh, next time. I thought we'd get you to talk a little bit about that because you know sometimes in our lives, sometimes it's our fault, sometimes it happens and it's not our fault, but sometimes we experience a financial shock. Absolutely. Um, it's going to happen to all of us at, at one point in our life or, or maybe even a couple of times. It could be it could be uh, a medical issue comes up or, you know, maybe you, you lose your job or um, there's a, a cutback in um, force at, at your company um, or major repair to your home. Financial stress happens to all of us. It's going to happen more than once. But we try to encourage our customers and, and hopefully your listeners to, you know, always have a plan. You, you should have a budget in place that, that you're uh, managing your finances with um, over time. And, and that would include, you know, setting up an emergency fund um, to cover or, or try and, and cover um, financial stress events. And, you know, we realize that it's very hard to, to do. Um, but you can start off an emergency plan with just a little bit of money every paycheck. It, it could be something as small as 20 or $25. You set up an automatic uh, transfer to a savings account. You know, uh, you go $25 every two weeks. It's $50 a month, $600 a year. It'll build up faster, and you can increase the amount that you're putting aside Uh Every year, if you're fortunate enough to get a raise or some kind of an increase, um, and, and allow that to grow a lot faster. But we always think that's the the starting point for any financial plan is to have a good emergency fund to help you through difficult times. You know, John, I then, I, I, I I have done that in my life. I, I've I've set up an emergency fund. And then I see a pair of shoes that I like, and I consider that to be an emergency. So I buy the shoes. <laughs> well, a, a lot of folks, a lot of folks think that way. And uh, and look, that's okay. And and things are going to happen. I, I think the data says you know once or twice in your lifetime, there's going to be a major financial event. And what we want to also share with people is you know it's not something that you don't need to be uh, embarrassed or ashamed of. It happens. To all of us, that that's life, and um, what we do suggest is, you know, once that event's passed, work on a, a plan to get yourself back on track. You know, sit down and be honest with yourself and evaluate uh, the items that we'll call needs versus wants. The needs we would consider uh, shelter, food, utilities, those sort of things that are hard to to do without, and then. You'll have your your wants, your uh, maybe it's a new pair of shoes or new pair of clothes or maybe Netflix and some of these other ancillary things that that we accumulate over time and and figure out what you can do without. 
And then after that event has happened to you, you take a look at your plan, figure out what's necessary to get yourself on track. And what I would encourage everyone to do is, you know, if you fall behind on a bill, it is much better, much better to reach out to your creditor, whether it's a bank or maybe it's the cable company or your phone company or, or whatever it is. Reach out to them ahead of time. Be proactive and um, share with them, you know, what's happened in your life or or you don't have to be personal, but, you know, share to them that you've had some hardship. You've got a plan to get yourself back on track. Share with them what you think you can do. Maybe you can pay I don't know, X number of dollars per month towards getting yourself back on track. Yeah. Editors are going to be. But John, you know, no, I just, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, I do want you to talk because there's this fundamental issue with, with, with budgets and, and, and I'm not, I've, I've mentioned this before. I am terrible with this. Um, I don't know how to do it. So what do you say to those people like me who are just not good with setting up a budget and really don't know how to do it? Well, uh, well, first of all, I would say if, if you'd like to stop by at Battery Bank Branch and, and we'll help you with that. But the easiest thing, um, again, is, is what we try and, and do is, is figure out what my must-haves are. Scoot, what yeah. do you need um, in terms of food, shelter, shoes? <laughs> you need at least one pair of shoes. I'll, I'll, oh, I got more than you. one pair. <laughs> I'll give you that. And then those other things, like the second pair of shoes, the Netflix bill, the um, whatever else they there 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 may be, put those in your wants column. Hmm. And and once you can satisfy the the needs in your life, um, again, shelter, food, utilities, uh, then you can start to allocate some money to, um, uh, to those at once. And it doesn't have to be uh, a fancy thing where you sit down and you, um, write all these things out. Most of these things you can pull up on your cell phone, um, or, or your home computer, log into your bank account and easily find the items that we're talking about your rent or your mortgage payment, my utilities. And just, you know, after doing this once or two, once or twice, you're going to have a very good uh, understanding of what your financial requirements are each month. What are the things I can't live without? Circle so, that number. And, and so, this is like this is the great thing about Battery Bank and relationship banking. You, even if somebody isn't like a a big big depositor with a with a major account with a, a big business, you would help the average person set something up. Oh, absolutely! We'd be glad to sit down and and go through uh, anyone's uh, account with them and, and help them do this type of analysis. Well, I, I need to take advantage of that that opportunity, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because when you when you talk about an emergency plan, when you talk about an emergency fund, that's all part of budgeting. It's 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 taking some of the the money and, and putting it in a, a a special place because inevitably we we need these things. You know, a, a car breaks down or uh, sometimes it's a health issue or something like that and, and all of a sudden money that you weren't planning to spend, you you don't really have a choice. You have to have to spend it. Absolutely, Scoot. It's going to happen to all of us once or twice in our life and uh if you plan for it and, and set aside a little bit 
uh, over time, it'll make that event a lot easier to get through. All right. John LeBlanc, CEO of Battery Bank, thank you for your time and uh, the advice and the information. And again, I, I, I love that. It, I, you know, I, I talk about it, so I should take advantage of it. I need to go into Battery Bank and get them to, to help me set up a, a budget. Well, Scoot, thanks for having us, and enjoy this beautiful yeah. fall day. It's nice. All right, John, thanks for being with us. All right, if you want to join us with a comment this afternoon, uh, the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. I'm Scoot on the air. Really glad to uh, be with you after uh, spending some time with my family in Portland. Um, Ian is at, a, at an appointment that is taking longer than it should, so he'll be here as soon as he can. But in the meantime, we've got uh, Coleman with us as our studio producer. Um, I'll get to a couple of your uh, text messages here in, in just a few minutes. Let's Let's go to the uh, the seventh ward. And Ronnie, you're on WWL. Good afternoon. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. That's good. Um, I love the holiday spirit of Halloween, but being in the seventh ward, it makes it very very difficult to come out and want to try to enjoy those festivities when you have young people with masks and AR-15 and nine millimeters. And at any given time, with their tinted windows and all, they'll get out on you. So it makes it very dangerous just to be able to come out and have the kids, you know. And then NOPD and the Seven Wall, it seems like they're just happy coming up, putting up the caution tape after. They're not proactive. They're reacting. Well, so it made it very difficult. They made it very difficult yesterday for me to come out, because I love to pop the popcorn and, and give it out to anybody, the nostalgia, the smell, the look of it being popped. Yeah. I want to give that to anybody. But it makes it very difficult when you're in an area that's dangerous and you're allowing them to put masks on their face. Well, you, I and mean, they're taking uh, full I, advantage. Look, I understand that, Ronnie. Uh, NOPD can't be everywhere all the time. And so many crimes are committed with police officers like around the French Quarter area. A police officer could be, uh, you know, 30 feet away and and people are still committing crimes. So, you know, sometimes NOPD most often is put in a position where all they can do is react. I don't think they enjoy putting up the, uh, the, the caution tape. But there are problems uh, in some neighborhoods that don't exist in other neighborhoods, and it, it really is uh, sad because because of the nature of Halloween and the practice of, of masking and, and disguising yourself, yeah, I mean, it is a time when it might be easier to um, participate in dark deeds. Okay. You understand? I do understand, Ronnie. Yeah, I, I appreciate uh, appreciate the call. I, you know, the, the, the threat of things in life do rob people of fun and that's that's a shame all right let's get to a couple of your texts here is a text that says uh the trick-or-treaters uh, must have been out after dark uh before nine i didn't see any i'm, I'm look i'm sure in some neighborhoods you, you don't see many but uh, i'm really happy to hear that in some neighborhoods there were a lot of uh, trick-or-treaters out uh, I didn't see much going on i you know left um lakeview i guess about nine o'clock last night and I didn't see a lot uh, going on along my, my, my path downtown. Um, but I'm sure there were areas where there were uh, trick-or-treaters out. Like, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun thing. I mean, Halloween is, is, is fun. And I remember as a, as a kid, you know, anticipating all day the moment when you get home after school and you put on your costume and you go trick-or-treating. 
Well, I, I hate to think that kids are, are robbed of that, but a lot of kids are robbed of that because of the evildoers in, in society and, and people just taking advantage of uh, this idea that we, you know, we, we, we mask up and, and we go out and, um, you know, look, they were pranks played. They were Halloween pranks played. When we were, when we were kids, there were a, a few things that uh, I don't say that I really, I didn't initiate anything, but, you know, I might have gone along with some things that were, uh, that were, that were done in terms of, of, of pranks. Uh, Coleman, do you remember any, like, any pranks or anything like that in your neighborhood? Well, the, the only pranks that I remember when I was trick-or-treating was uh, they would have this guy would be in a costume and it looks like a, a, a statue, like part of the Halloween decorations, but the closer you would get to the door, then they would, like, j- jump scare you and start moving around. So I think that was a pretty good prank. Yeah, yeah. But um, while you were out, Ian did a story about uh, there's a town that's trying to limit the age of trick-or-treaters to, like, teenage uh, years. So what age do you think is a pro- do you think it's even fair to ban a teenager or somebody of a certain age from trick-or-treating. Like, if you, if I was 23 and I wanted to go trick-or-treat, I should be able to, right? What do you I, think? I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I agree. And then if you, you know, if you put on a mask, how can you tell how old somebody is? So it seems like that's kind of an impossible thing to enforce, first of all. And it just, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's sad. Now, the other thing that we have all noticed about Halloween is Halloween is no longer just about Halloween night. Halloween is a, a celebration, it, and usually two weekends before Halloween, bars and, and restaurants start having big Halloween parties. And I know that a lot of people were partied out from this weekend and didn't even go out last night because I, I was in the quarter last night, and, and I remember the quarter being a lot more crowded than it was last night, and I think that maybe some people just got, uh, got partied out. But, you know, Halloween is such an innocent thing, and it's, um, it's not introducing anybody into a life of Satan. There are people who, who believe that. Um, Halloween is a very innocent holiday for kids. It's the adults that help turn it into some kind of a, um, a, an evil holiday. The kids didn't know about that. You know, until, until parents brought it up. So to me, that was always, uh, always sad. All right, if you want to join us with a comment this afternoon, the Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line is 504-260-1870. What kind of costumes did you see uh, last night and, and over the weekend? Well, according to you know, all of the information, I guess this is really no surprise, but the number one costume for Halloween this year was Barbie. I saw a couple of Kens. And a few people who looked like they were trying to be Barbie. But yeah, Barbie was the uh, the overwhelming favorite costume this, this holiday season. The bartender at my bar was inmate Barbie. Inmate Barbie? Yeah, she had handcuffs and the inmate Ooh. costume was dressed like Barbie. That's kind of naughty. <laughs> Wonder what Barbie did. <laughs> I'm Scoot on the air, and it is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We're coming right back on WWL. Really sad to hear that Matthew Perry passed away the other day. I mean, Cheers was just such a common denominator for uh, a couple of uh, generations. And and uh, I'm sorry, what? What did I say? Cheers, Friends. That's what I meant. Thank you for correcting me, Coleman. Um, on Friends, yeah. Uh, it, such a... Um, such an important show for a, a couple of generations, and and you know it wasn't my generation, but I I, I loved the show. I thought it was uh, was brilliant. And sorry to hear that Matthew Perry passed away. Uh, here's a guy who really struggled with alcohol and drug abuse, and boy, there were times in his life. I mean, he was he was a good looking guy when he was on Friends, and he just he looked awful at times in his life. Uh, recently, he 
he was looking a little better, but you know, Matthew Perry really, really struggled. Um, and so it really was sad to hear that maybe that was the result of, um, of, of his death. I think he drowned in the bathtub or, or, or something like that. And when I hear about something like that happening, I immediately think that, you know, something went wrong with their, their body and they, they just, uh, they just died. Um, I, I haven't heard the, the, the latest results of, of that. And I don't know if they've uh, even come in yet, but really, uh, sorry to hear that Matthew Perry had, uh, had passed away. I'm Scoot on the air. Really glad you're uh, with us. Uh, Ian Hoke is on his way in. He was at, a, at an appointment that just dragged on forever. And we've all, we've all been there coming up in the next hour. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about this, this myth of poisoned Halloween candy, the myth of razor blades in apples. All of that was based on, on, on myth. It wasn't real. And I'll, I'll explain. You know, there were a couple of cases, but it wasn't the result of strangers. So it's really interesting to, to look back on this and, and think about how so many people were so afraid of, of Halloween candy and what, what, what evildoers might do to their children's candy when it, it essentially it, it, it didn't happen. And we really became afraid of it. And as I said earlier in the show, I, I remember back in the, uh, in, in the 80s talking about this on the air. And, and I remember specifically promoting going to East Jefferson uh, General Hospital where you could have your candy x-rayed. Well, it was all based on, on, on myth. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that uh, coming up. You know, I, I'm, I'm really happy to, to hear Mayor Cantrell say that she's willing to work with um, uh, our, our new governor. Governor-elect uh, Jeff Landry, and you've heard this in our news here on, on WWL. Mayor Cantrell sounds like she's really open to, to working with him when it comes to crime. He's, uh, he's setting up a, a, a committee to look into to solving crime in New Orleans, and if he can come up with a new idea for, for solving crime, that's awesome. I don't know if, if there's any kind of breakthrough idea waiting out there, but I'm all for him trying. And, you know, I certainly have my disagreements with, with Jeff Landry, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I will approach his, um, his um, reign as governor with an open mind, and, and we'll see what happens. And uh, as long as he doesn't start to attack the Constitution, as long as Jeff Landry doesn't start to uh, create this idea that, you know, a, a small group of parents with a particular view when it comes to religion and politics, that they um, make decisions about f- the rest of us, then, you know, I'm okay with the guy. But if he starts to disrespect the Constitution, and if he starts to talk about this, you know, small group of, of, of individuals that are now making decisions for, for everybody, and it really is in contrast with the Constitution, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I'm really happy to hear that Mayor Cantrell is, um, is open to have him... Um, come up with some ideas, and and she's uh, willing to work with him. Uh, Here's a text uh, that says, um, let's use uh, the Democrats' phrase, the root cause of community in New Orleans. Uh, Get a DA who will prosecute thugs and put them in jail. Uh, Stop this uh, defund the police ideology. I don't hear a lot of that here. Um, text goes on to say the lack of prosecution and defund the police mentality uh, keep qualified people from wanting to join NOPD. Thus, uh, persons uh, become afraid to walk out of their homes and enjoy the holiday season. Pathetic. Okay, I, I mean, I agree with that, but this defund the police thing was, it, it certainly did come from some people, but it wasn't a majority of this country. There, there were 
some left-wing radicals, and their idea was, oh, well, we don't need the police. Well, you and I know that that's bogus. That's BS. You, you, you can't defund the police to the point where you don't have police. I mean, that's not going to lead to anything good. But I think there was I think there was something noble about trying to find ways, if you could find ways to spend money that would help prevent people from becoming thugs, that was money well spent. But it was never in, intended to just totally, except in the minds of extreme left-wing radicals, it was never intended to just defund the, the, the police. So, um, but that's, you know, again, that's the buzz phrase that is, you know, go, oh, they're trying to defund the police. Um, that, that took place in a few places, but not everywhere. And I have not heard really any of that here in New Orleans. I mean, it might be happening in some specific group, but I really don't, uh, I don't hear that much about that here. Uh, let's see. Here is a text uh, that says, um, I, saw, I saw nobody uptown in the Riverbend area. It's normally packed every, uh, every year. Um, I think the cold kept many away. Did, did the cold keep some, some people away? Call me, would you have been less likely to go out last night because it was, was chilly? Well, no, I don't think that's the case because usually around this time it is cold. It's yeah. just This was an anomaly year where the cold just happened right on Halloween Day. But, yeah, mostly around Halloween time it is a bit chilly. So I don't think the weather had a, was an effect of that. I mean, sometimes people wear costumes and, like, they're, they're sweating bullets in, inside the costume because, the, you know, it, it's so hot. Yeah, I had to change my costume because of the weather. I was either going to be Adam from Adam and Eve or a streaker or a flasher, <laughs> but then the weather hit, so I decided to be Super Mario. Well, I guess we all benefit from that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm glad to hear, though, that in some neighborhoods there were, uh, there were a lot of people. All right, if you've got a comment this afternoon, the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line is 504-260-1870. Um, look, I'm excited about the Saints. The Saints won Sunday, and they're 4-4. Four and four. The Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. And in our division, everything is possible right now. The Buccaneers are 3-4, and four, and the Panthers are 1-6. So, you know, we've got, a, we've, we've got as much chance as anybody of winning the division. So, you know, let's just be positive and hope that the Saints continue to put things together um, I feel good about uh, the Saints against Chicago, but the Saints, I hope, have to feel good about it because uh, we've all seen the Saints, you know, hey, they're supposed to win this game, but they just they lay an egg and they don't come out ready to play. I, you know, I hope Sunday is, uh, is, is going to be different because the Saints uh, are in a great position. Saints are 4-4, four and four, Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. I mean, we're right there. And, and if you look around the NFL, there are a few teams. I mean, the Eagles are 7-1. and one. There are a few teams that are, you know, dominant, but not as many, um, I think, as, as before. And there's a lot of parity. And, you know, you hear about good teams losing every week. So, look, let's just be positive. The Saints are in a good position right now, and let's, um, you know, let's do what we can to back them. All right, uh, if you want to join us, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. I'm Scoot, and we're coming right back with more. This is WWL. Also, we'll talk a little bit about uh, LSU-Alabama. That's the big college game this weekend, Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk about the uh, safety of Halloween candy and the myth that it was uh, dangerous for everybody. And also this uh, Supreme Court case um, dealing with Trump too small trademark. I'm Scoot on the air. We'll be right back on WWL. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 